Hello, beloved, and welcome back to the Embodied Mystics podcast. This episode is a pre-recorded workshop that I did with my beloved friend and student, Kai Shimming. In this workshop and recording, we talk about self-mastery and magic, how we can be magicians through self-mastery, and how we can really empower our practice as magical practitioners when we are in self-mastery. This episode does have a Reiki meditation at the end, so if you get there, please allow yourself to really enjoy and relax and completely allow. This journey will take you on a wonderful ride, and of course it is a pre-recorded class from Zoom, so you will hear us talking to those who were on chat and just generally together. Thank you so much for tuning in, and until we meet again, enjoy. Perfect. So welcome everyone uh, to Self Mastery and Magic, um, Sovereignty, um, the Sacred Art of Sovereignty uh, in your practice. And I just have to say, it's been one hell of a week (laughs) preparing for this. Um, I swear, whenever you, you know, call forward these topics, you are totally and entirely initiated into them. And you're, I don't like to use the word test, but you are given an opportunity to flesh out your tools, if you will. So um, it's been one exciting week for me, to say the least. Um, I don't know about you, Kai. If if there's anything you want to say, please say it. (laughs) I'm in the same boat. (laughs) These yeah, hosting containers like this absolutely presents you with this incredible um, initiation and you kind of get this beautiful opportunity to alchemize it. So it's been a fun week of alchemy. (laughs) For sure. So I want to just invite us to come into this space um, with an open heart. Uh, So I'm just going to have a quick opening meditation for us to really drop in here. Um, If you can be somewhere comfortable, I invite you just to take a second and, you know, shift in your seat or get comfortable. We're not going to be in here long, so you don't need to lie down or anything. Uh, But I want to invite you to just get comfortable. If you're sitting, I want you to just um, really notice your spine. And I want to encourage you to just erect your spine, drop your shoulders from away from your ears, and notice the state of your shoulder blades. So if they're hunched, if they're pulled back too much, just notice. And you may wish to put your hand on your heart or wherever else on your body that you feel called. And I wanna invite us to begin by noticing our breath drawing our breath in through our nose, up into our third eye, down through our throat, and into our two lungs. And you may wish to bring a deeper breath in and allow yourself space to vocalize 
if you have a sigh or a hum that wishes to be released in this space. And I want us to do this for three breaths. And I want to just open a space with um, three ohms. So I'll go ahead and just lead us in this. You can ohm if you would like to, or you can simply breathe as I ohm. So I want to just honor the creator that has brought us here together today. And I want to invite you just to notice where in your body you're landing. Just becoming present and aware. And I want to invite you to just take a moment to notice if there's something on your heart that you might need to verbalize to yourself in order to arrive more, more presently in this space. You know, all of us have stuff going on. So um, if your dog is sick or um, maybe you need to go to the grocery store and it's on your mind, whatever it is, just allow yourself to see it, to notice it and let it be. Hmm. And if you feel ready to come into this space, I want to invite you back to your open eyes, to your open heart, to your screen, or if you're listening on recording, uh, to your open ears, <laughs> however it may be. Ah, so wonderful. Welcome all. We have arrived. We have definitely arrived. And it's 111 here in California. So, I mean, it's, we're kind of a big deal, y'all. <laughs> ah, so welcome, one and all, all in one. For some reason, that's been my freeze lately. I don't know why. I think it's the all in one. <laughs> um, I'm Iris. I want to say I'm a multi-dimensional mother. <laughs> 
Um, I feel like I should have a bio for you or something, but um, for those of you who are new here, um, I run, I don't know if I like the word run, I hold space for a Reiki temple, um, and I just serve, oh my god, this is so not a great intro, <laughs> I am a multi-dimensional mother, I'm a Reiki priestess, I am ignited by the womb mysteries and I am wholly 100% dedicated to spiritual sovereignty um and I, I believe that's my life my life's mission my holy mother is Sekhmet and she burns shit down that does not work functionally so that's kind of my medicine um and of course Kai if you'd like to introduce yourself please go ahead um, I'm Kai, and I am a Reiki master, Akashic Records healer, uh, portal keeper, bridge runner, um, very multidimensional person. Um, I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave, I have... I'll leave you with a bullet pointed list. <laughs> I find it so hard to talk about ourselves sometimes when we're like trying to explain who we are, what we do, I mean, because we're like, I don't know. I live in 14 dimensions at once. I, I don't know how else to explain that to you. I literally <laughs> have a tiny human and I also am a priestess of the rose. So like I am both a physical mother and an energetic mother. So hello, multidimensional mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hard sometimes, but I think that's my story and my cap. So we'll get into that. Um. I would just love to hear where everyone's from and if you are a Reiki practitioner or um, a magical adept, uh, you can put that in the chat if you would like to. I'd just love to see, you know, who who are we? What's our magic? What do we do here? Renee, I know a little bit about what you do. <laughs> I want to say, but I would just love to hear. Again, you can just drop it in the chat. In the chat, okay. If you want to, or you can say it out loud, that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Renee. I um, am currently in uh, Southern California. I am a holistic massage therapist, esthetician, Reiki master and teacher. I am also a Thai massage therapist, lymphatic drainage massage therapist, and I am a sacred communion. <laughs> so I kind of like rope all those together and that's what I do. And I met Iris. Iris and I have worked together and she's an amazing person and I'm excited to meet Kai and doing his energy as well. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you. Rachel says, currently living in Utah and yes, do many magical things. If anyone else would like to add, I'd just love to hear. No pressure. I just love to make things interactive because I feel like God, how many, how much stuff do we do online where we're like, okay, my attention span is about 10 seconds long. Like if we're not interactive, I feel like it can be like, oh, so <laughs> I definitely know sometimes like I get into things and I'm like, oh, my attention span is limited right now. <laughs> From the UK, I'm a poet and I also have the gift of prophecy. I can see auras, empath, and I'm led by intuition. Okay, beautiful. Have another yes. <laughs> yeah, prophecy is a good one. 
we have a lot of you know really magical gifts I think humans in general are extremely magical and our world just does not foster it um and so you know we're like being drawn into a world that doesn't necessarily you know take into consideration the magical gifts that we have and so who can be a lot Mm -hmm. also aren't exactly like put into a structure or the current structures that we have at the moment don't support all of those really ancient things that we keep remembering you're just like oh wow i've just discovered just remembered to this thing and you're just like where does this fit (laughs) how do i talk about it how do i explain it says I'm from Massachusetts I'm an energy healer Reiki practitioner and self-parenting coach I love that self-parenting coach is such a beautiful way to describe what you do beautiful okay Drew if you'd like to add in the chat you're more than welcome to no pressure though so ah, we're all magical adepts and we're all at different stages Um, I have been practicing Reiki since at least uh, 2017-ish. I don't know. At this point, I don't even know what time is. Okay, I still write 2022. Like, I do not believe that we're in 2023. So somewhere between 2015 and 2017, I started doing the Reiki thing. And, uh... Oh man, <laughs> isn't that a trip when you start doing Reiki? Your whole life just blasts open. Um, uh, I just, what do I even want to say about that? Suddenly I got nervous. I had like this whole structure for everyone and like I forgot it. Like my brain just went, bloop, it's done. Energy healer, not Reiki, Georgia. I mean, there's tons of energy healing to do. Uh, when I started doing what I consider Reiki, it was never called Reiki. I just started placing my hands on people and feeling what was there. And it was crazy, insane, crazy, insane. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, ah, I'm gonna touch this person. I remember all the people around me, I somehow ended up with this like master's healer share. And um, I remember, the women that were there were like, oh my God, I feel the sludge coming out of this person's neck. And like, oh, you have a, a, I don't know, a tear in your crown. And then I was like, what? I don't feel like that. I just feel heat coming out of the knees. Like, what do you mean? It's getting insane here. I just remember like being like, oh, I don't know anything about this stuff. But I mean, it's all, I don't mean this like how do I say this it's all a form of Reiki and by Reiki I don't mean like the way that we understand Reiki I mean it's all life force it's all divine energy really so uh, it's all under the same scope it doesn't really matter what the practice is in in terms of how you do it because not every Reiki practitioner uses symbols you know not every Reiki practitioner or energy healer uses angelic frequencies Um, but ultimately the goal is that we connect to source so so good um wow I suddenly feel super nervous I'm just gonna help myself (laughs) (laughs) Kai say something I'm just kidding (laughs) 
Oh, this is so scary for me. Okay, I'll start from the beginning. Okay, so. I'm gonna take a breath. So something that I see happen very frequently in the work of magical adepts and by magical adepts and spiritual, I guess I should find a different word, maybe like spiritual leadership, if you will. So the thing that I see happen a lot in spiritual leadership is that we often burn out. And so I really called together this meeting and this workshop because um, we fucking need you. Like mm -hmm. the planet needs you. <laughs> and we need our spiritual leaders to be in good health with their practice, um, with their stuff, if you will, so that they can really hold the frequency that is intended to be held by them. Kai, do you wanna add anything? <laughs> you you uh, encompassed it really well. Um, I know that a lot of the times we step into like our energy practices or we, we approach certain energy practices um, just because like we're, we're new and we're just like, I'm experiencing this, this experience. I'm experiencing this thing, like what fits. And then we kind of start trying on different, uh, different practices and really um, begin gaining and remembering kind of like who we are and remembering what our energy practice really is. Um, and then there's this moment where everything that you ask for in your energy practice is suddenly sitting in front of you. <laughs> and it is so much bigger than what you kind of originally imagined, um, or it was for me, at least. Um, I remember being Reiki attuned um, for the first time. I think it was back in like 2019. And I was just like, this is the most magical thing I've ever experienced. And like, this is what this is what I've been looking for. And then I think maybe like a month later, suddenly I was sitting in my room and I was like, the galactics are here. The like certain angels are here. They're in my room. It feels like electricity, like it feels like fingers in sockets. Like suddenly I was like feeling the birds heartbeats around me, like around uh, my neighborhood. And I was like, this is too much. And immediately just like launched out of my body. Um, and kind of like found myself in this space where I wasn't actually capable of doing what I came here for. Cause there was no, there was no, I guess, like I didn't, I didn't plan for structure with it because I didn't know what to expect. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We just kind of like step into these like really beautiful spaces with our practices where suddenly just everything is there. Um, and I know that that's kind of like a point of burnout that can be, uh, I was going to say approached. I don't know if that word actually fits. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was actually going. <laughs> that was kind of the, the distance that I took with it. Um, yeah, we find ourselves in these spaces where like burnout is like super easy and then you end up kind of having to take this really massive step back and not actually getting to step forward into your practice and step forward into this really beautiful divine path that was laid out. Um, and I see it so, so, so often. I know I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely see like a lot of practitioners go into this with extreme gusto and then they're like, oh, fuck, and they turn around they like drop it um and I think all of us have very likely experienced that in some level shape or fashion um and you know this can include things like 
<sighs> okay, so something like this is gonna sound so funny. When I became a Reiki master, my Reiki uh, teacher, of course, I don't. I think that this is kind of across the board in many ways. But she, you know, would tell me, "Okay, go out and go trade for Reiki." after you complete like five Reiki trades, then you start charging a dollar a minute. And so like, oh, those, those first five Reiki trades were boom, 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 right back to back. I was so busy those first five days. And then when I had to start asking for money, I found myself tapped. Um, I didn't want to ask. I didn't want to be like, oh, well, you're going to have to pay me for that. Or I would dance around and be like, oh, it would be, you know, really nice if you maybe like, I don't know, paid me in like a dollar a minute. So if it's like a 30 minute session, like I would kind of like $30 or more, you know, whatever. And it was so weird because it like after that point, like, right, when we become Reiki attuned or attuned to whatever magical practice we're doing, there's definitely a high. Your nervous system and your level of expansion is blown open. And then you start to like assimilate it into the world and it doesn't, it doesn't really assimilate. I find that a lot of times magical adepts are kicked out of the nest. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, they're like, okay, you can fly now. I'm not going to talk to you again. <laughs> I laugh, but like, I've, <laughs> I have known way too many Reiki practitioners who've come to me and have told me like my teachers abandoned me I've been um uh oh my god I don't know how I attract these people but sorry <laughs> my Reiki teacher abandoned me um I can't get a hold of my Reiki teacher uh my Reiki teacher lives in another state like they just were passing through you know and um I just don't fucking get it like I don't get that we open people's nervous systems and attune them to a whole new reality. And then we just drop them. Mm. Like, we're like, okay, have fun. That's crazy. And I feel very privileged in the fact that like my Reiki master and I became friends. So I can call her anytime. And she calls me all the time. Oh my God, she calls me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she calls me way more than I call her I will admit and I love that I love it <laughs> but not every practitioner has that right so like what I see is that you know we're like put out into the world and then we don't know what to do next it's like okay especially when it comes to like Reiki mastership all right so like you know level one you can start working on anyone. Level two, you can definitely start working on anyone. Level three, now you're expected in a, in a sense, not obligated, but kind of expected to take your work out into the world. But how many of us have gone onto master level and actually felt like we knew how to set up a practice? How many of us, like, I don't know, um, I don't know, you know, what other practices look like generally, but I'm, I'm thinking specifically, Renee, like massage school, like does massage school, like set you up for how to like offer your services out the world? 
<laughs> it's a question. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, there's like a little bit that's given to you and then you figure it out and then you go out into the world and then you have to figure it out. And there are very few like mentors that will hold the space for you to figure out that practice. And so I feel like a lot of the burnout that we go through in terms of our practice is because we don't have sustainable methods on how to offer ourselves to the world, how to keep our energy right how to, you know, hold ourselves in our own transformational processes, because, you know, we go like, we go hyperspeed sometimes in Reiki, where you get initiated, and one month, second month, you're initiated again, and then the third month, you're initiated. Some, some do it that way, some do not. Um, I no longer operate that way, in my opinion, um, because I have discovered that one initiation can take you a whole year to assimilate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got to pause there because that shit's intense. <laughs> ah, the first time I got initiated into Reiki, it took me a whole year to figure it out. And I like came running out the gate. Like I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do Reiki. And like, huh. I remember like six months after my Reiki initiation being like, I have been knocked on my ass. (laughs) This is a thing. (laughs) So, um, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we're not really supported in creating the foundation for what it is we are really practicing. And I also don't think that our Reiki masters are very honest with us about not all being a magical practitioner full-time. I'm gonna say that very blankly, Um, inarguably, because I sometimes feel like we, oh God, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) I say things that make me feel sweaty, so. I'm gonna have to say it. Sometimes the truth is, is that Reiki is not our full focus. And sometimes I think that um, our masters don't support us in discovering that in our practice, you know? Sometimes our practice is not really actually to Reiki full time, but to incorporate it into other things, like really magical things. Like I know a woman here who um is an esthetician and she's she does reiki she offers reiki as part of her services and she's amazing i mean this woman is awesome she like does a facial and then she like sound bowls you and gives you reiki and it, of course your crown is already being blasted open with all the wonderful things she's doing to your face and then it, naturally you would you know shift what a wonderful thing Hi, do you want to add anything I feel like anytime I want to add something it's like from a couple sentences before um I was just thinking uh this really brought up how you were talking about sometimes like our Reiki masters don't really um talk to us about how to really set things up properly or how to kind of like have a practice or what to do with this new um newly blasted open nervous system um, I know that for myself, one of the first things I did after being Reiki attuned was I went to 
Los, I think it's still currently Los Angeles's largest protest. Um, and then just like raking the whole protest. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> it was like this three hour long, like massive protest. And there was me and I was just like beaming my Reiki, right? And I was like, this is incredible. This is exactly what I was meant to do. It was like, this is what I'm, this is it. And then I got home and was like flooded with all of the rage that was present at the, at the space. And I was like, oh no, like I didn't learn what to do after like a session. I didn't learn how to cleanse myself. And so I just remembered that I was taught to do the the dry brushing energy, getting it off type thing. But I was like, this is thousands of people I'm trying to brush off of my body. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about just like the, the application of teaching and preparing, preparing for the world and preparing for what you're going to be experiencing. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a really beautiful point. And I have totally done lots of that. Like, <laughs> okay done a lot of that. I have totally have of course some of us are portal openers and portal holders but again it's it's almost as if like okay and this is so not a dig upon any Reiki practitioners or Reiki masters that teach this way but we kind of forget about this like full spectrum scope of what it is that we can do with Reiki so you know, if you're doing like a weekend Reiki, you can't learn all the tools. Like you can't learn how to implement and structure and practice in a way that's sustainable for you. Um, we loosely talk about a 21 day detox, but we don't actually talk about like why it's important to uh, fast from, you know, toxic behaviors in the body and how that's setting up a foundation for you to, um, hold your new nervous system expansion. Um, and, you know, the, the rally is a great opportunity to dive into just how, like, when we, <sighs> how do I say this? <laughs> Confidently. <laughs> yeah, we often try to play hero as Reiki practitioner or magical adept. Like we have all the tools and the resources. And what I have found several times with people who like get, you know, really hyped up to go into this work, they go into scenarios that are way beyond their skills. And that that's no judgment on their skill set. It's just that they haven't experienced what they're experiencing. So then they get into this scenario and it freaks them out and they go backwards, right? So, um, you know, the, the rally is a great opportunity to talk about how like, you know, sometimes we get into this work thinking that we can save the world, we can rescue the world. And that's a really like wonderful thing for us to have in our heart, but at some point it becomes a hindrance. Mm -hmm. It took a lot. It took a lot for me to begin to understand like how to separate self from other and like that a lot of the, the saving needed to be inward towards myself to like prepare myself to be able to capably like hold space for anybody that would be coming to me, right? Just like expand your own container through self-healing. Um, yeah, somewhere in there, I eventually learned about like morning check-ins or like just wake up in the morning. Like, how does it feel? <laughs> how does it feel to brush my own hair? Like, how am I feeling like moisturizing my own skin. And then if I like run into somebody out in the day, 
and suddenly I'm feeling like angry, upset, or just unhinged altogether, you know, you don't have to like absorb that precise energy. You can kind of like tap back into like your own particular day and be like, okay, well, how did I actually feel when I was brushing my hair? How did I feel when I was moisturizing my skin? Is it the same as how I'm feeling now after this interaction? No. Um, but to me, that was like a really big, a big turning point for understanding like how to navigate my own burnout in my system. Um, kind of just blasting Reiki all the time, blasting the energy healing, like all of the damn time. <laughs> right. So know like where, where that boundary is and like where that line is. I think now at this point, I kind of like sit there and if I'm starting to feel a lot of energy inside the space, I'm like, dear spirit team, allow these people to be clients. <laughs> I had such a savior complex when I started as a Reiki practitioner and it burnt me out. Like I would walk into anywhere and be like, oh, that person needs Reiki. I'm going to Reiki them. Boop, boop, boop. And uh, I don't think that it's bad by any means. Like I really don't think that what I was doing was harmful, but the, the fact that I like took it upon myself to try to rescue everyone all around me without, you know, their like, um their agreeance to my rescue definitely got me into trouble sometimes (laughs) (laughs) so I want to just flesh out this idea of this blurred boundary between you know um our work and our clients because uh you know oftentimes we take on a lot more from them so Um, step one in practice is take radical responsibility. Um, and by radical responsibility, I mean, for your life, take radical responsibility for your business. And I really want to invite you to just notice, like when you're invested in someone else's business, how many of us have taken on clients where, you know, we have started working with them and then we've gotten enmeshed in their problems. I have. (laughs) I have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We get like, they start telling us all about their drama and we're like, drama. We love drama, right? Like the human psyche like lives on drama, I swear. Love that drama angle. (laughs) Yeah, screw food. We can eat drama for breakfast. I mean, basically that's what they do on mainstream media, but whatever. I mean, we are literally indoctrinated by drama, like all the time drama. Social media algorithms feed on drama. Mainstream media feeds on drama. Like it's all drama. So naturally we would step into our work as healers with drama. Duh. Hmm. Because we don't know any better. How many of us have parents that have really done the work and taught us, you know, the life skills? I guess, you know, like when I say take radical responsibility and know your business, you have to know your business as a practitioner. You have to know your business. You have to know where your lines are, where your edges are. And I used to be 100% totally guilty of knowing or of villainizing people for bringing stuff up in me. So um A really good example, like when I was super open energetically, was, uh, (laughs) this is going to sound so funny. I'm going to say this out loud. (laughs) One time, I lived with this person who was, we just were not a good fit. 
and she was also a magical adept and uh our energy fields were constantly this all the time and so I convinced myself that she was the angry one and I was feeding on her anger (laughs) and perhaps maybe partly that's true but it was really a resonance between us like my anger would flush me right and I would you know get into the situation where um I'd have to walk away uh and eventually it actually turned into a whole blow up but what I the point of this is that like I used to tell myself that I was so empathic and connected to other people's emotions that I felt their emotions in my body and that's really just not true that's just really not like not what's happening you know we're having our own experience with from what they're sharing or from what they're you know projecting outwards like people can project upon you but it's up to you to to take radical responsibility for your energy field I feel like you should say something there Kai (laughs) that reminds me of like the small self versus expanded self right where we do put ourselves in the situations our small self um kind of like taking on someone else's stuff um and just saying like I don't how do I describe that um taking on someone else's stuff um in order to kind of like be a caretaker for ourselves or to have someone else be a caretaker for us instead of saying like actually this is not mine to carry at all and I can expand into this and you know find what part of myself you know wants to attach to the smaller version of self or this pain that is not mine um like what how does it benefit me um so it's a little bit of like shadow work I guess but ultimately finding yourself at a space of um, expanded self is kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to make the, how to make this motion a word. (laughs) It's totally shadow work. I mean, because we're in a con, like when we take on other people's stuff, right. We're in a constant triangle of victim, villain, hero, victim, villain, hero, victim, villain, hero. And it creates this cycle of codependence that we're always trying to take out. Right. So like, when we begin to feel like we know other people's stuff, that's a major indicator to recognize that we're in their business and their business is not our business, right? So we have to basically first know where our edges lie. And I think it's really hard to do that in a weekend Reiki workshop. Like it's really hard for us to know like where are our edges? It's really hard for us to begin to open up to the idea that we even have edges energetically, right? Because we're like, oh, we're one big blob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I promise you, you have an edge. (laughs) Um, So, you know, step one in not burning out is owning your business. Step one in not burning out is owning your responsibility and noticing where you are positioning yourself as um, basically like the savior. It sounds like really kind of crazy, but it's basic and true. Um, Because when we take on too much from our clients, we become depleted, right? So like if you're in your client's business, so let's say Susie is in an abusive relationship with her partner and (laughs) 
<laughs> Susie's coming to you for Reiki. She's trying to untangle from her partner, right? And ah, you've been in an abusive relationship. So you know what it's like to go through that abuse. And when you hear her talk about her abusive boyfriend, you're like, I want to fucking kick that guy in the teeth. So you get enmeshed in her drama because you're like, you need to get away from her or from him, Susie. You know, you need to get away from this person. Blah. And you know, are texting back and forth on how she needs to get out. And then she doesn't leave. Suddenly you're pissed. Oh, you have just fallen into the trap of enmeshment. You've just taken on way more than you actually need to take on. And it's easy. Like, that's a very basic example, but this can happen in subtle ways. You know, this can happen in other ways very easily in, in much more subtle ways. It depends on, you know, the type of clients that we're taking on. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes as Reiki practitioners, we position ourselves as, you know, someone who can save people. Oh my God, I've totally done that. I've been like, bring your mom to me. I'll make her stop drinking. And I have. Okay, it's true. This is a true story, actually. Um, I had clients where her her mom was an alcoholic. And every time she would come see her, she would just drink and she hated it. And so I was like, well, come bring her to me. I'll get her to stop drinking for the time that she's with you. She did. But still, like, I look back on that and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Like, yeah, I'm going to save you from your mom's alcoholism. (laughs) Pause for dramatic effect. (laughs) um ah and I I guess you know my my belief in this is that like you are here to help people you are here to hold people to support them and at the Mm -hmm. same time like if you position yourself as a savior for them you're actually taking away from their power you're actually taking away from their ability to navigate their life and their, you know, their journey. Would you like to add anything? That's just really true. Um, (laughs) um, People are extremely powerful. Um, Other beings are extremely powerful. Um, And I think that we can really step into like our most expanded self and our most prepared, um, you know, healer, facilitator, um, or, magical being by allowing someone to really use their power in your space, right? To like, really like not attach yourself to their own wounding, but instead say like, this is a safe space for you to expand into and heal yourself. Um, I don't know why, but it really reminds me of kind of like having a broken bone, right? And like heading to the doctors and you're like, oh, this doctor, this doctor fixed my bone. You're like, no, like he just had the facility and some of the tools, like your body healed itself. and so just kind of like really understanding where the boundary is of understanding like, okay, so I'm, I'm a powerful person. I'm a very powerful being that has these incredible tools that like I was born here with or have remembered or um, have practiced. And, you know, I'm here to allow you to use them in this like in this time. And then it's incredible to actually get to watch like people actually bloom in their own experience and bloom in their own power because the, um, as it sounds like a lot of the times like our trauma and our wounding is the experience and the initiation process that does alchemize into like who we become and like what tools we gain as ourselves um and so it's really beautiful to get to hold that space for other people and allow them to gather their own tools and then now have that for the rest of 
their own experience rather than to kind of like be their own savior, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, you deny your responsibility when you backtrack on your intuition when you don't listen to your subtle body cues, when you, you know, don't honor what you feel inside of your body. And, um, you know, I, I feel like we live in a world that gets us out of our body. So it can take a lot of work for us to navigate coming back in. Um, I mean, like screens uh, definitely get us out of our body. Um, you know, and then, and just, just like the way that the world is set up right now, like to drive 30 minutes to 45 to a job and then to sit there and then all this stuff. It's like the human psyche just is like trying to figure it all out. And so it, it, it has the potential of, you know, leaving. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like that, but like, it can be hard right? Like if, if it's actually not comfortable for us to sit all day and our body aches, then we leave our body if we don't face it, right? And so like taking radical responsibility for yourself and knowing uh, where your edges lie really starts with being in your body, being present with yourself, checking in every day. Um, and a daily practice has to be had if you're a magical practitioner. And I know that as a mom, like I definitely victimized myself for the first like seven months of having a tiny human. Uh, and I was like, I can't do a magical practice every day. I have to do work. Like, uh, fuck, that is the work. <laughs> That's true. That is. <laughs> That's the work. Like we so often, you know, think that our work is what we put out there, but our work is our energy field. Our work <laughs> is sitting in silence just for 10 minutes. Our work is uh, stepping away from our computer and placing our hands on our heart. Like that's where the magic starts. It's not, it's not by putting a post out on social media, even though like, it seems like we could, but um, oh my God, I swear. Like once I remembered that piece of my life a couple months ago, it's like, oh, duh, oh, duh course this is my work this is where my responsibility lies because you know what's happening in your body is like it's a call it's a it's a hello you hear me I'm trying to tell you something mm. my goodness um speaking of the body I oh, I've been so bad this last week I told you you know we're in this initiation phase of holding this line <laughs> you're not alone in being <laughs> so I have been totally like not radically responsible for myself in this last week and by that I mean like my body and my my heart has been telling me like stop working on your website stop doing this stop doing that and what am I doing working on my website and the other day my left pelvic like like around the it's in between the pelvis and my hip I just I received this ball of energy it's like this big and I could feel it in there and it hurts so bad and I like could not get off the couch it just wouldn't happen and someone's oh god it's hurting now <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
someone said the word abundance today and it shot a pain down my leg and I was like oh my god I'm not in a receiving mode of course I can't move forward I'm not in a receiving mode I can't receive anything right it sounds so basic but that's where responsibility lies that's where radical self-responsibility lies so the questions for you know taking radical responsibility is can you accept where you are and I mean like really accept with your whole body, with your whole self. Let's say you're in a dry period with taking clients. Can you radically accept that you have not taken a client in three weeks? And you don't need to get into why not if you're a no, but just to feel in your body. Can you take, can you, can you accept that? Can you be okay with that? And then the next question would be, can you love yourself where you are? Can you love yourself wherever you are in your practice? And again, don't move forward until you get a full body yes. Don't move forward until you learn like how to be where you are because moving forward is not gonna actually produce the results that you want. And you'll again, be mad at yourself very likely you'll spin out again that's how it happens Mm. (sighs) honor the map that your body is laying out and really honor your no honor when your body said "Mm, now's not the time (laughs) right right like our nose are so beautiful right like they are it's saying yes to self and like, yes to body and yes to soul and like, yes to spirit, even though like other people hear like a no, like, oh my gosh, it's so worthy of celebration. And so no matter like what point of burnout you are actually hitting or however you arrived there, just like saying no is so powerful. And it like also tells the universe, like, Hey, I'm listening. I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm wanting to have my energy in like the best place that it can possibly be. And I'm wanting my mental, physical, spiritual self to be fully aligned for this work that I do um so yeah don't shy away from your no either certainly listen to your body let it let it map out exactly what it what what you need um especially because you were talking about the pain in your hip right and like you let it tell you like exactly what was going on um yeah don't shy away from that no don't (laughs) don't shy away from what your what your body is telling you and newsflash There are only two states of being in this type of scenario, and that's either in a state of expansion or a state of contraction. And if you're in burnout, I think you can guess where you are. You're definitely not going to be able to call forward what it is that you're looking for. You're definitely not going to be able to open your heart to the universe and say, okay, when you're in that state of expansion. So when we want to stop ourselves from reaching burnout. And by doing that, we really have to notice where we are every day. Um, This is the simple basic practice of having a daily check-in, like Kai mentioned earlier. Uh, In the morning, noticing what's alive for you. Before you get up and out of bed, can you notice how your heart feels? Like what is available for you in this day? And can you let go of the arbitrary schedules? (laughs) really powerful question right 
Um, because definitely as practitioners, I think that a lot of us are in this cycle of like, oh, well, we have to have this done at this day and this has to happen and this has to happen. And sometimes it's really um, counterproductive to the natural state of flow that we can get into uh, because we're in those states of constriction. So again, radical self-responsibility really means owning where you are and what your business is. Um, owning really what is alive for you in your business. Uh, and by in your business, I mean like in your body, in your energy field. Whew. So it sounds so basic, but what I feel our current culture around magic is missing is actually self-mastery skills. And self-mastery meaning like the ability to take responsibility, the ability to know when we're, you know, in, um, when we're in our business or other people's business, how to shift out of states of contraction into expansion, and really how to learn how to be co-creative in our life. Because if we're in a state of contraction, it's very likely that we're also in a state of victimization, um, meaning at the effect of. So, you know, if we're, if we're feeling like we don't have enough clients or people don't want to come to us, we're at the effect of our lack, right? So we're, we become victims to our lack. And uh, nine times out of 10, that's not how you get new clients. I just uh, have never saw I've not seen it go the other way. <laughs> so, you know, burnout really happens way before where we can begin to notice when we're ebbing, right? Um, God, social media is a really great example for this. But, you know, if you're running your business on social media and you have people messaging you, you can begin to recognize like the way that you're sharing energy with people. Mm -hmm. it's a big one mm -hmm. I get a lot of people that message me on social media and not every one of them are people I want to talk to <laughs> and I have to say that honestly because I have to honor that like I have to honor the interaction that I'm receiving like I'm giving and sharing with this person so if, if if you know it's not right for me to you know talk to them all the time then I honor that and usually I don't want to say how that looks <laughs> but I guess I have to because I outed myself but um I am usually just very like professional and by professional I, I stick to the topic I don't I don't deviate if you will <laughs> And I don't give it a lot of my time because then if I give it too much time, I go into story. Oh my God, this person is taking my time. Oh my God, I don't want to talk to this person. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So oh my God a lot, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it allows me to gauge where in my energy field I'm leaking from. And so, um, you know, when it comes to doing work online you know we really have to notice where we are leaking because a lot of times I feel like as you know practitioners we are really trying to like connect to all these people and then it doesn't really happen the way that we want to 
and we go into stories, we go into defeatism, we go into despair. And again, it, it goes back to starting fresh. I feel like I should pause there. Are there any questions before? Because I could like, I could talk for three hours. I have a statement. You're talking about um, social media and the way that we um, interact with people on social media. Um, and honestly, it's a really good form of mirror work. Um, I know that this might be like really powerful for like other seers, but um, I'm a huge advocate for mirror work. And sometimes I just like sit on social media in front of the mirror. <laughs> And I like watch the way that my entire body reacts to other people's energies and like other people's content. And if it's something that I like, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like we can stay here. This person, like, this is the content that I am looking for. Or if suddenly, you know, I'm watching like masks like ripple across my face, or if I'm suddenly finding myself feeling really gross inside of my body or like not enjoying um, like what I'm seeing in this reflective type of surface. Um, you know, that allows me to understand like what is no longer for me or what no longer um, needs to be in my energy. Uh, I like social media as a, <laughs> as a mirror. Ooh, we do have a question. I think we got it. We got a hand raise. Go ahead, Rachel. Thank you. Yes, I have a question. Um, so say you've already burnt out how do you get out of the burnout and back into expansion and living your purpose? That kind of stuff. That's a really great question. And thank you for asking. Now the answer is going to sound really simple. I would start by recognizing the burnout. And I really just went through this that like, I literally, I called this topic in and it forced me into it. So what I like to do when I am in a state of burnout is that I allow myself to be there first. And in that space, I allow myself to feel where the burnout is living. I default to anger. That's how I've been my whole life. Um, and so when I'm in a state of burnout, I usually begin by being really angry. And I give myself a safe space to be angry, to vent, to be really dramatic, to be like, fuck all this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm giving up. I'm going to get another job. <laughs> and then as I begin to open in that space, right, because you're moving into the state of openness and expansion because you're allowing, you be, I begin to realize that there's actually deep sadness in there. So then I go through the cycle and the story of the sadness. And I, I allow myself to cry, to really release it, to, to, to move it through my body. And then I ask myself, can I allow myself to be here? This is, it's, it's such a basic question, but it's so powerful. Can I allow myself to be here? Can I be okay with this? And if the answer is no, that's a state of rejection. And that's okay. Like if you are a no to that question, that's, I want to say perfectly fine because that's where you are. That's a really good indication of where you are. You're still in that story mode. 
So allowing yourself then, if you are a yes, to explore what is available for you and to quit. Again, it sounds really basic, but can you allow yourself to quit? So by that, I mean, can you allow yourself to stop what you're doing, to take a break, to take a day off, to take two days off, to take three weeks off? I probably wouldn't go longer than a, a week, personally, but <laughs> I only say that because if I, historically, if I've gone longer than a week, it's been harder for me to start again, to like begin churning and creating and all that stuff. So if you're already in a state of burnout, then quit. And by quit, I mean, let yourself be where you are. Kai, do you have anything you want to add before I continue? I was mostly walking myself through like what an allowance exercise actually looks like. Um, I think I want to share that really briefly. Uh, Please. Sometimes when we hit a state of burnout, um, we don't want to allow anything. We're like, at capacity, it's enough, done. I don't want to allow anything. Um, and this really beautiful allowance um, practice was taught to me by um, one of my teachers. Her name is Drea. And she just talked about like dedicating literally like 60 seconds to maybe two minutes to just standing there, just like with your arms open wide, or you can also like place them on your heart, wherever on your body is like asking for your attention. And then just like for two minutes straight, just say, I allow whatever is coming up. And so like, if I'm sitting here right now, I can say like, I'm allowing nervousness. I'm allowing uncomfortable shirt. I'm allowing cold feet. I'm allowing just whatever comes to mind. You know, it can be completely random because sometimes we have these stories that are just totally woven in. And some of these things are just from so many different places, right? Some of it's ours, some of it's not, but just taking that minute to just like tell yourself, I allow literally my entire being to just exist in this moment. Um, and sometimes that really clears like some weird restrictions or some weird blockages that you actually are carrying onto. Um, like sometimes like my inner child is like upset about having like too tight of shoes from like when I was like five, you know, and whatever reason my adult self is holding on to that in this moment. So if I'm just like, man, like I'm allowing tight shoes, like cool. And we can move past that. Um, sometimes it really just is like the allowance of the experience. And all that is, is just two minutes of your day. And then you can kind of move forward into, okay, what, what do I need now that all of that has been allowed in this space? allowed to be free, allowed to be let go of, allowed to be like witnessed and held and I don't know, just deemed worthy of aliveness. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what word, word, word to use there. Um, so I, I really like to practice like an allowance practice before stepping into any kind of next step um, when addressing burnout. Absolutely. After the allowance, then I would look at my agreements because oftentimes when we're in a state of burnout, we're out of integrity with our agreements. So maybe we've taken on too much. Maybe we, um, you know, our spirit is telling us to focus on, uh, again, I'm going to use my son. So, you know, maybe spirit's telling me to just focus on my child uh, rather than and work on my website for the 7,000th time for that week. 
I'm currently in that if you can't tell um I'm not working my website I've been sending my website to people and being like tell me what's wrong with it so I can fix it so (laughs) and witnessed (laughs) um you know, I would then look at my agreements because like I said, often your state of your state of burnout is be, is induced by the agreements that you've taken on out of radical responsibility to your truth. So by that, I mean, if your soul is telling you, you know, spend time with your family, that's where your energy is best spent. And you're over here thinking that like doing your website again for the 47th time today is going to actually help you then you have single-handedly put yourself out of integrity with your agreements. So I would then clean up my agreements and look at the chaos that I've created in my life. Okay, my body says not to work on my website, so I'm not going to, and I'm not going to work on my website until I feel it in my heart. And there are moments in time in our life where I think that it's a little bit harder for us to navigate this. Like if we have a job, right? Like if we have a nine to five and our boss expects us to have uh, the website finished on Friday and it's Thursday. Um, But still, you know, if we're in a state of our magical being and we are operating our own businesses, if we're running our own practice, we are in charge. We are the authority. We are the ones that are creating the magnets for our, um, our space of divine beingness. And oftentimes when we are not in integrity with our commitments, we induce that burnout that, um, oh God, sometimes it comes to sickness. Like for me, right? It came as that thing in my pelvis. I call it a thing because it's it's literally a ball of energy. It's like, if I were a princess in a pea, I have a pea in my, <laughs> <laughs> my pelvis. Okay, I can feel it. It's like a cyst of energy. <laughs> so um, then I would clean up. I would play janitor and I would navigate having conscious conversations with both myself and those that I'm in agreement with. It sounds really basic, but again, I don't think that we're like necessarily supported in this. Like we live in a codependent society. We live in a society that's built on you know, people pleasing and fostering other people's emotions and like holding their space and tending to them and being caretakers. And if we're going to take radical responsibility, that means that like our quantum reality is going to begin to shift and we're going to start calling in more people that are looking to also be in radical responsibility. So let's say, and um, you can stop me if this is too much, but let's say Oh, God, I'm so guilty of this. God, spirit, why do you do this? (laughs) I have been guilty. I've cleaned this up a lot. I have taken on clients that have not been right for me. I mean, like, they've actually been really irritating to me. Um, And by irritating, I mean, like, (sighs) like, our, our frequencies don't align. 
uh, or like they want work from me that I don't necessarily want to participate in. And I do it because it's easy money in a way. So like, um, I have tons of other skills like nannying, social media, da, 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 da. Um, and I've taken on tons of other clients. This is not like a Reiki client, actually, the, this sp specific uh, thing that I'm thinking of. But um, it's been easy. It's been consistent money. And I have taken things on when it's not been right. And that has totally burnt me out. And I've had to go and have conversations and just say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I can no longer take on this project with you. Um, and that's not like it doesn't have to be a blame you know blame or shame it's just a con a conversation of i need to move forward um this doesn't work so depending on your work you know you could suggest people you could suggest someone else in your business like i mean by mean business i mean your practice like you know other healers that are around you you know maybe like send them to sarah down the street or you know, suggest that maybe they think about this and just say, thank you so much and move on. But oftentimes the second part of burnout is, you know, looking at where your agreements are and what contracts you are participating in. And by contracts, I mean, you know, your commitments with the people around you. I know this is a really long answer. I hope that helps. Mm. It's crazy raining here. Okay, thank you. Oh my goodness. It's like so raining. There's a, like a freaking river down the <laughs> outside. I'm like, what are those things called? A street. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Are there any other questions? Okay, well, I mean, if we, we have, we literally have to master self-responsibility first, like out of everything else that we do, we have to master our self-responsibility and um, uh, owning our business. We, we can't do any other steps until we are willing to begin with uh, owning where we are. And that can be really difficult, right? Okay. So, um, you know, say that you've been in practice for three years and in the last couple months, you've had no new clients. You've had very little, uh, you know, very little <sighs> words. You've had very little momentum and you're really frustrated and you keep trying to put stuff out there and it's not working and you're just, you're just done. At that point, you're like, fuck everything. Clearly God has smited me. I am God's <laughs> least favorite child at this point. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Well, the first thing that we have to do is we have to take responsibility for where we are. That sounds like a really big concept. But really, it's, again, about allowing, about allowing where we are and where we, you know, are, are navigating from. And if something is not happening, we need to just be present with what is going on inside of us. 
because there's a lot of stories that we can get, you know, wrapped up in. And um, where am I going? Sometimes we have to just be really present with what is. Because oftentimes I find that when we're in a state of burnout or a state of con constriction, we're being directed into a new space. But if we're in a space of constriction, we can't allow for the expansion to happen. We can't allow for the new beginnings to happen. And so we need to, again, start where we are. We need to notice what is alive and true for us. And we have to begin to allow for us to take full responsibility of our edges, of our, our realities, of what we're feeling inside us. And sometimes that can simply look like just noticing where we're angry, noticing what emotions are alive for us, noticing what thoughts are alive for us. And if we don't have a, a consistent practice to be in our sovereignty, we'll push that outside. So we'll start to blame our partner. Oh my God, he didn't pick up the children's toys for the 37th time. Oh my God, he forgot the cheese at the grocery store oh my god cheese. <laughs> say that again i said not the cheese. <laughs> yeah, not the cheese you know we can begin to like pick apart what's happening outside of our lives outside of our practices and all of that begins to um you know our practices are not separate from our lives because our our lives are actually, you know, what help co-create our practice. You know, it's, it's, it's how we are handling our life, which is how we create containers of safety or respect within our practice. So when our lives kind of feel like chaos, how able are we really to show up? How able are we really to, you know, participate? That doesn't mean our lives need to be perfect, but we need to look at where we're placing ourselves out into the world and where we are willing to take full responsibility. I feel like I keep saying the same words over and over. <laughs> but ultimately it comes back to, again, mastering our ability to take responsibility. And Sometimes that does look like owning our anger for our partner, for being mad at our partner. So like, you know, partner left the cheese at the grocery store, he didn't bring it home. We don't need to sit there and belittle our partner. We need to say, oh my God, I'm angry. I, 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 I just feel so much anger in my body right now. And just that alone helps shift the way that you show up in relation to the world around you. It sounds so basic, but this is definitely not the stuff that we can cover in a weekend of teaching Reiki. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that has to be practiced day in and day out. This is what I think we're really missing when it comes to teaching magical stuff. Because the magic that you're creating, like let's say, let's say you're, you're um, a spellcaster. Your ability to be unclogged with like other stuff is really going to affect how your spells are cast. So if you're like thinking about Johnny friggin 
I don't know, saying something sideways to you on the subway and you're like over here trying to cast a spell for abundance, spell's gonna be very weak if you're like in a different headspace. So this is not a blame on where you are or what it is. <sighs> Makes me feel sweaty to talk about this stuff. Actually, I so like right now I feel, I feel fear in my gut. And the story I'm telling myself is that I'm gonna ruin your life for telling you this, which tells me that I'm in your business right now. It tells me that I'm taking on more than my responsibility for your life, right? So this is this is just how I would I would play that play with this practice day in and day out. Oh God, I feel so much in my my gut. <laughs> that was a beautiful live example. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I just um this is never about blame. I guess I just want to make that very clear. You know, this is never about like, you know telling yourself stories. This is never about lying to yourself or creating scenarios in your head, but coming back to a state of presence and back to a state of beingness. So, you know, we, we enter into spaces of burnout when we're out of presence, when we're out of beingness, because if we came to the still point, we would recognize that in this one now exact moment, all of our problems are not really our problems. And that doesn't mean that, you know, maybe we do need more money or there's, you know, we need to go to the grocery store. But um, in this one state, in this now moment, we can be completely present with ourselves and make new decisions because we can't make different decisions about our business and about our practice if we're all over the place, if we're all in other people's business, if we're out of alignment with our presence. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, I want to do a meditation, like a Reiki meditation, um, mm. just to invite us into this space, into like, you know, making radical new choices. Uh, so if you guys would like to get comfortable, I'm going to try not to go any longer than 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I just want to say that out loud so I can keep myself there. So if you want to get, if you guys want to get comfortable. And I want to invite you again back into your breath. And I want to invite you just into your heart. And I want to invite you just to notice what state of being you're in. If you're in a state of expansion or contraction.
And I want you just to notice if you can allow yourself to be there. If it's a yes, if you can allow yourself to be there, I want you to notice now how that instantly shifts you into a state of expansion. And I want to invite now the Reiki frequency into the space. And if you are a yes to this Reiki, you can just say yes in your heart. I want to invite you to ask yourself if you are ready to take full radical responsibility for what is alive and present within your reality now. And if the answer is yes, I want you then to ask if you can make a commitment to stay in your business. And that doesn't mean that if you get out of your business or you enter other people's business that you're bad or anything is wrong. There is no blame or shame or guilt associated with this. And I want to invite you to ask yourself the question if you are ready to make the commitment to own what is alive and available and true within your body. So with that, I want you to notice now, what is alive in your body? 
Is there something that needs your attention? And I want you to notice if there is an emotion that is present within your body. And then just gently scanning from your head to your feet if there is an emotion that is living within. Ready to explore that emotion. Does it have a color, a texture, a smell, a taste? Is it located in a part of your body that you thought it might be in or someplace different? Allow yourself to send love to this part of yourself. Can you allow yourself to unwind, shake free? Can you notice if there's a story attached? If there's a belief that your mind has created around this emotion? And if so, I want to ask you a few more questions. Is this belief true? Can you absolutely know it's true? How do you react to this belief when you believe it? And who would you be without this belief? I want to invite you now to just imagine 
your most nourishing timeline? Yes, it is safe to do so. I want you just to take the next few minutes as we hold this Reiki space for you to just own this nourishing timeline. And as you hold this timeline in your mind's eye, just allow the spaces of chaos and drama and enmeshment to simply dissolve. Allowing yourself to fully feel this experience. and giving your higher self permission to just reveal to you in your life where it is time to take full radical responsibility for the creation of this timeline. There's a beautiful and powerful version of yourself that is just wanting to be so alive and so, I say unashamedly you, present. Can you allow yourself to shift into that self? Just own it. Whenever you're ready, I want to invite you to come back and bring this timeline now back into your heart and back into your body. 
with an open heart, I want to invite you just to have some wonder questions. I wonder how I can create this reality. I wonder what it would be like to live in this reality. I wonder how I can take the steps to manifest this reality. I wonder how it would feel to call this reality in. And I want to invite you to just slowly allow this assimilation to happen. And I want to invite you to slowly begin to come back into your space as we close this Reiki container, allowing you to just come back and land. I ask your higher self to allow this uh, new commitment to integrate safely and slowly, or I shouldn't say it like that. <laughs> I ask that your higher self integrate this new commitment with grace, with ease, and with love. I ask that your higher self, with your permission, intervenes on your behalf to presence you, to bring you back into the now moment. I ask that your higher self, with your permission, to allow for this commitment to integrate in divine timing and to open your heart to new realities. And I wanna heal, seal, and protect all work that has been done on your mind, on your body, and on your spirit across all time, all space, all reality, and all dimension now. And this, as if perfect timing, my dogs are barking. <laughs> you may come back in your own time, in your own space, in your own experience, whenever you're ready. anyone would like to share or ask any questions I'm happy to answer or hold space for another 10 minutes or so.
Um, I'll share if that's all right. Absolutely. So the timeline for me was, um, it kind of seemed like more of like a Lumerian like timeline. Uh, and it was really lovely because in that timeline, I was like fully supported from start to finish. So the beginning of my life had conscious parents, was able to be loved by them, nourished by them. Like they fed me the information that helped me grow into my full fullest expression in that lifetime. And even uh, like on, you know, it, on the deathbed passing again, just from start to finish that full nourishment and not just from the mother, but from the father, from the siblings, from my partner. Um, and it was just so beautiful and so wonderful. And so, yes, like bringing all of this in. The question I have is I wonder how I can integrate the wisdom from this reality. And so like the wisdom that I received, having had, you know, in relationships, zero conflict in that timeline um, and just pure like unconditional love and total, like, again, it's just like total support and fulfillment and, and all that kind of stuff. So just wondering how I can bring all of that into my life now. Um, and I think that's going to be like the question that I ponder for the next few days as all of these lessons integrate into my system. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. I feel um, like when you say that, like my heart just lights up and I feel joy within my body. And the, the, the belief I have about that is like, that is exactly what I am trying to, not trying, I'm working towards accomplishing in my life with my partner and my child. So you saying that just feels so, so resonant and so like confirming. So again, thank you, Rachel. I think and I wonder, I wonder too, if I experienced that because you are also calling that forward in this lifetime. Hey, maybe soul sister. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is where we're headed as a planet. And I feel like a lot of people are ready to master these skills. Um, a lot of people are ready to begin owning where they are, who they are, and fostering relationships with other people who are also doing that to me it seems easy and simple in one way but in another way it's like so groundbreaking <laughs> yeah i am in total resonance with you yes 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 everything what you're saying yes <laughs> i love it hmm. Nikki says, thank you. I enjoyed going back to the Catskill Mountains. I've always wanted to go there. And I feel a lot more relaxed. I'm so glad. <laughs> I hear crazy children outside. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but it's hilarious. <laughs> It's so funny you said, when you said no conflicts, I heard my own cap say, that sounds really hard. 
I still think, I mean, I, I just realized like yesterday that because my parents were enmeshed in drama, like I create drama with my partner and like create scenarios to not like him. <sighs> this sounds so horrible to say out loud, but it's true. Like awareness is one, like one major part of, you know, healing, right? So I have to make the conscious commitment every day to not create drama because that's what makes me feel love. Like I'm like untangling all that stuff. And that's exactly why I say, you know, we're in a space now where we can start creating those relationships and owning that stuff and actually telling our partners, you know, I have this story that I have to create drama in order to feel connected to you. And I want to change that. Saying that to your partner is completely revolutionary. I feel like we've been taught to like, just say that to our therapist and that like our partners need to be in on that because if we've had, you know, three years of drama with our partner and all of a sudden we're like, I am the Buddha. They're going to be like, what? (laughs) This is not true. (laughs) But anyway, it's really scary sometimes to have these conversations. (laughs) Good job on doing it afraid anyways. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like that Lemurian lifestyle, I think is coming back. And it's, it's, a, it's a new version of it, but it's still very much the same. And that includes having these conversations with your partner, having these types of conversations with your children. Like, what are you feeling in your body? Can you tell me what you're feeling? Okay, you know, na- navigating them through that stuff. Doesn't mean that they're like gonna be perfect, but that you help them, you know, create language. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else wanna share anything? Children's stories are so funny. Perfect. All right, your homework is to take full radical responsibility for your life starting now. (laughs) And I, I just want to remind you that, like, this is really not about blame or shame but owning where you are and allowing yourself to begin to get clear on what it is that you want in your life and okay so let's say you want to make a million dollars and you're making seven from your current reality you're not going to make your million by negating where you are, right? So going into this work, going into owning a practice that is um, sustainable for you is going to include showing up for what is alive and real. If you can own what is alive and real for you in this moment, you can begin to adjust and navigate where it is that you can allow for more spaciousness to come through in your practice. Um, 
And that starts with mastering your responsibility and knowing where you're enmeshed in your drama and other people's drama and noticing where you're negating your creative responsibility for your life and your practice. So do you want to say anything, Kai? I just want to express gratitude for everyone that showed up today for themselves, um, showed up to tap in, uh, drop in, and allow their expanded self um, to really step forward. Yes, you all are making the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. With that, I guess we'll close. So Kai and I will be, um, oh, here, I'll practice right now. I feel nervous, so I don't want to look at you all. <laughs> I'm like, can I shuffle something down here? No. Um, Kai and I will be um, hosting basic, I don't know if even hosting is the right word. Kai and I will be holding a container for um, basically healing and alchemical arts. Hmm. I gotta work on this. <laughs> I gotta work on my bios and the way that I present stuff. I get really nervous, it scares me. I'm just gonna out myself. So uh, Kai and I are opening up the mystery school doors for um, healing and alchemy. Um, it does involve Reiki, but it is really about self-mastery and um, learning how to be an alchemist, uh, a divine alchemist, to be a conduit of divine knowledge and to be that new earth reality. Um, so we are opening the doors at the end of April um, and we're just so happy to be of service for this space. Mm -hmm. so if you're interested in learning more, um, I'll send a link out. Um, otherwise, you are always welcome to answer any questions or you know, hop on anything about these tools. Um, we'll be here for that. So thank mm -hmm. you, Al. Thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. Very excited to be holding that temple space. Very excited to be facilitating space for other people to step like wildly into what their magic is, especially with like all these beautiful building blocks and just this like incredible structure um, that can allow for that wild expansion of holy shit, I don't know what's going on, but that's okay because like we got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Hmm. Thank you all for being here. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Kai, for that beautiful share. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all of your shares today. And thank you all for um, any of the questions that you sent in for today. Um, and hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you all and hope to see you soon.
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.